This is Last Week in .NET for the week that ended, well, last week, January 16th, 2020. It was a rocky week last week, and more of the same is expected this week for the Washington, D.C. area. And with an inauguration and Martin Luther King Day as our backdrop, let's dive into what happened last week in the world of .NET. .NET 5.0.2 has been released. This release fixes CVE 2021-1723, which is an ASP.NET Core denial of service vulnerability attack. If you run .NET Core on Kestrel, you're vulnerable to this attack. So update immediately. There are several bug fixes for ASP.NET Core, the .NET Runtime, and Entity Framework Core 5 included as well. In the same vein, .NET Core 3.1.11 has been released with, of course, the same CVE 2021-1723 fix, as well as some backported fixes from .NET 5.0.2 and other fixes specific to .NET Core 3.1. Not to be left out, .NET Core 2.1.24 has also been released. And at this point, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. They fixed the aforementioned CVE vulnerability, as well as several backported bug fixes and bug fixes specific to .NET Core 2.1. Now, speaking of .NET Core 2.1, its end of life is August 21st, 2021. And as stated in this blog post, Microsoft says, after that time, .NET Core 2.1 patch updates will no longer be provided. We recommend that you move any .NET Core 2.1 applications and environments to .NET Core 3.1 in the first half of 2021. They go on to say that it will be an easy upgrade in most cases. Now, parenthetically, of course, I hope your upgrades go better than mine usually do. I seem to hit every upgrade problem that could possibly happen. Windows 10 version 20H2 build 19042.746 has been released to the beta channels. And these are chock full of security fixes that probably don't matter to you or I, but they matter greatly uh, to corporate environments. Identity Server 5 has been released. This is the first major release under the company's new banner. And here's to many more. You can now write C-sharp for embedded systems using Nano Framework. Now this is incredible. I used C when I was responsible for writing the firmware for Jewelbots, because let's be honest, there were no alternatives. And I'm excited to see that .NET is now a viable option. And part of me wants to take a few weeks and uh, rewrite the firmware in Nano Framework just to see if it's possible. But the other part of me knows that it's going to have to take a back seat to TDD courses and classes. So I'll add this to the list. Nougat celebrates its 10th birthday. Now it's just three more years until it becomes a bratty teenager. The EF Core team releases a video discussing what's coming in Entity Framework Core 6. 
They use this survey to help guide their thoughts for Entity Framework Core 6. And while I have a personal disdain for survey-driven development, I understand why they'd want to do it. Now, there's also a GitHub issue related to Entity Framework Core 6 in case watching videos to get your information is not your jam. There's a cheat sheet showing how to use C-Sharp 9 features from the team at Okta. Now, real-world use cases for these features is a nice thing to show off, and I'm here for it. Special thanks to Heather Downing, that's at Coralyn on Twitter, for the link. Did you know that Mobilize.net can convert your VB and VB.net apps to .NET Core? This seems like a neat little utility, and while I admit there is a company behind it, if you have a VB or VB.net application, this may be your ticket to making the migration to .NET Core, and .NET 5 as well. Check it out, and let me know how it performs for you. Now, special thanks go out to D.D. Walsh, that's at D.D. Skier on Twitter for the link. Manapachova shares networking improvements made in .NET 5. Now, this is definitely uh, a heavy read, but it's a great read. And if networking is your jam, give this post a check. Jimmy Bogart talks about activity source and listener in .NET 5. These classes are replacements for diagnostic source and listener. So if you use either of those, give this post a read. Now, zero sharp, which is a way to compile C sharp to native code, has hit a thousand stars on GitHub. This is a wonderful milestone. And while GitHub stars don't pay the bills, it's nice to see a.NET library hit wide usage. The analysis of the SolarWinds hack digs deeper, this time into replacing MS Build. Now, Sunspot was another malware vector in the SolarWinds hack. And this article goes deep into how it was used to replace MS Build. This hack just gets scarier and scarier. Speaking of which, NuGet packages can run arbitrary code on your system. And now I'm going to lie in my bathtub and rock gently. And that fantasy of building a mountain cabin and living off the grid, it grows a step to closer to reality. JetBrains is hosting an AMA on January 21st, 2021 on Reddit. And you'll now have the opportunity to ask them how it feels to have Microsoft nipping at their heels for 21 years straight. Khalid Abu Akma writes about what he's learned in his time in .NET. And there are some good lessons in there, so give it a read. There's a job opening for a REST API software engineer at Microsoft. The only downside is it appears to be for the Redmond, Washington area. In other words, it's not remote friendly. There's also another job opening for Microsoft, this time in the Atlanta area. And this job opening appears to allow remote. This is for the OXO team, which is not, to my chagrin, is not pronounced the hug and kiss and hug team. Headspring is hosting a webinar on January 21st, detailing how they migrated an application to .NET Core. So dive deep into the strategy and tactics behind the migration, and it should be a good event to attend if you're thinking of doing the same. 
The Azure team details its performance improvements from migrating from .NET Framework to .NET Core 3.1. It's always great to see these sort of analyses uh, in the wild, and this one is no different. Are you thinking of moving to microservices or event-driven architectures? If so, you're going to want to read about durable queues from Stephen Clearly. These primitives are necessary for an event-driven architecture, and it's always great to read Stephen's work. In other news, Microsoft is close to running all of its own services on Azure. Now, not running your own services on your own cloud is generally a bad signal to send to the world, especially when you want them to trust your cloud. And kudos to Microsoft for fixing this glaring issue. Bethesda, recently purchased by Microsoft, is making an Indiana Jones game. Yes! Please sign me up. The Parlor Hack is a masterclass in bad ideas having bad outcomes. Now, if you haven't kept up with this, Parlor relied on several ex external services for security. But when those services were yanked away due to Parlor hosting neo-Nazi and insurrectionist content, their code took the absence of such services as a reason to approve whatever action the user was trying to take. It's the equivalent of your house security system letting everyone in if the phone line goes down. Now, there's so much more to the Parlor hack than this, from the lack of rate limiting to the ability for people to pull down 60 to 70 terabytes of information from Parler's AWS-hosted storage, which, to add insult to injury, results in a massive egress bill from AWS, on top of AWS no longer hosting Parler. In the Things to Make You Feel Good department, Khalid Abouakma shares six quotes from artists that apply to programming. We could use some good news right about now. In podcasts, Scott Hanselman of Hansel Minutes interviews Amanda Silver about an entire division at Microsoft going remote during the pandemic. Now, when we said the future of work is remote, I'm really not sure we were counting on a pandemic being the catalyst. Oh, GitHub, uh, they fired and then rehired the person who made an internal team chat that said Nazis are about in the capital insurrection. Now, this disgusted me when it happened. A Jewish GitHub employee was fired for warning the company about literal Nazis. The head of HR later fell on their sword for this egregious failure of leadership by the company, but it reinforces my question. Where the hell is the adult leadership at GitHub? Between the ICE contract and this, I'm not really sure they realize what political sphere their company inhabits. TechBash 2021 is going to tentatively be in person in the Pennsylvania Poconos. Is it just me or is this a little too soon? I mean, we are recording the highest number of deaths ever from covid and our vaccination plans are woefully under-implemented at best. There is a virtual option, at least, so that's good. Microsoft's Twitter game is getting better. They have a GIF that shows you how to declutter your screen with just a shake of your mouse. Now, where has this knowledge been all my life? Warning, there is a phishing attempt that originates from GitHubVerification.com, and it looks rather impressive. Be careful out there, folks. 
Special thanks to Tess Renierson for this catch. Lastly, I am hosting a webinar titled Intro to TDD for .NET. And if you've been wondering what TDD is, or at this point, why you should care about it, this webinar is for you. And that's it for what happened last week in .NET. I'm George Stocker, and I help teams double their productivity through test-driven development. Now, as always, you are a wonderful audience, and I will see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>